Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Back and better than ever. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, Tim Legler will be the first of those. He's with me in 15 minutes. Dan Orlovsky right after that. A million things to get to today. Let's jump right into it. From the NBA playoffs, Bucks are in trouble. Yes, they are. They were before the series started. It's worse now. They were never going to the finals. I've been telling you that since before the season began. They're not getting out of this round. Rockets are a mess. I think they win tomorrow night, but it doesn't matter. It's an eventuality. This group, as constituted, is not a playoff team. Westbrook will get healthy, but then they'll get better, but they'll get bounced by the Lakers in short order in the next round, even if they get through this, because right now, and watching LeBron is laughing. LeBron and AD, together, the two of them, and I have a poll question up today. I invite you to go vote on it right now, at ESPN Greeny. Are LeBron and Anthony Davis the best duo in the NBA since Shaq and Kobe? I can't take credit for the question. Kendrick Perkins tweeted it. He tweeted the other day, these two guys are the best duo in the NBA since Shaq and Kobe. Got me thinking. Put the poll question up there. Gave you some options. Go to at ESPN Greeny on Twitter. Cast your vote. Right now, KD and Steph are way out in front. 50% of the people voting plus are voting for Kevin Durant and Steph. Can't argue with how great those guys are. But LeBron and AD should be better. I completely agree with what Kendrick is saying. Now, they've got a long way to go. It's still their first season together. They've only played one round of the playoffs. But I think they have a chance. They have every reason to be great, and it all depends on Anthony Davis. LeBron is still the best player in the NBA. Kevin Durant, at his best, was second best. The question is, what is Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis should be a player who impacts the game, particularly in the playoffs, just as much as, if not more, than Steph Curry. And give Steph his due in every conceivable way. He's a two-time MVP. He has changed the sport forever. And he might be the most popular athlete in the world, in the sport. But if you're telling me right now I could either have LeBron and Anthony Davis to try and win a championship with, or Kevin Durant and Steph, I'm taking the two guys in L.A. right now. Let me know what you think on Twitter, at ESPN Greeny. Cast your vote and we'll see what you think. So far, most people seem to disagree with me, and that's just fine by me because, as I've told you many times, mine is that rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long after my time. I'm Greeny, and I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Quoting home insurance just got easier with Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Quote and buy all online at Progressive.com. Next order of business. Aaron Rodgers is going on a scorched earth tour of the National Football League this year, and you do not want to get in his way. Did you see what happened this morning, right as we were going on TV with Get Up? ESPN.com posted ESPN analysts list of the top 100 players in the NFL. Where do you think Aaron Rodgers is? Let's take a guess if you haven't seen it. Aaron Rodgers. 7th, 10th, 12th, he's 23rd. We listed Aaron Rodgers three spots behind Dak Prescott. I love Dak. I think he's got a terrific career ahead of him. I think he's going to have a good year, and I'm glad that he got the money he got, and he's going to wind up making more money than any other player in the NFL. But we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. The world has fallen asleep on him, and he is getting dissed and dismissed from every direction. Fans seem to have turned on him. 
His organization most certainly turned on him. They drafted his replacement. They traded up to do it. They didn't get him any help after he took them to 13-3 and last year. And now ESPN lists him as the 23rd best player in the NFL. This guy is going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's had one forever, ever since he fell like he did in the draft that year. Fell behind Alex Smith, who went number one, and everybody else who went ahead of him. Aaron Rodgers has always had a chip. This year he's going to have a boulder, and he's going to be great because everyone is against him. I asked Greg McElroy about it on TV this morning. Here's what Greg said. The guy went 26-4, and four, touchdown interception, threw for over 4,000, and went 13-3. and three. What else do we want from this guy? And that was, by the way, in the first year of a new system. So I am very bullish on what Aaron Rodgers is going to do this year. And I understand if we're going to look at last year, it's fine. But to tell me he's the seventh best quarterback in the world, I think is absolutely laughable. I do too. Only I don't think he's going to be laughing. I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. One of two things, and neither of them are the thing everyone is projecting. The really easy thing to say is going to happen in Green Bay is that he will play there two more years and then they will be able to take his contract off the books He is a massive cap hit if they were to get rid of him now or at the end of next season. So two more seasons and then let the Jordan Love era begin. That's the easy plan in Green Bay. And if you think Aaron Rodgers is going to sit back and say, oh, yeah, let me make sure I do this exactly the way that works out best for them. You're out of your mind. And he's right. And I'll tell you why. The Packers have let him down. Aaron Rodgers, 15 years ago, remains the last offensive skill position player that franchise drafted in the first round. This is not the first time they didn't get him the help that he needed. Aaron Rodgers has been carrying that franchise. And because he's only won one Super Bowl, people diminish his greatness. People like me who host talk shows will say things like, well, look at all the rings that Brady has. Look at all the rings that Montana has. Look at all the rings that John Elway has. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is a step below those guys. No, he's not. Aaron Rodgers has been on the wrong franchise, despite the fact that the Packers have this extraordinarily good image. The Green Bay Packers have had first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback play for the last 30 years and have two championships to show for it. Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. That is an underachievement of massive proportion. Joe Montana and Steve Young, when you put their careers together in San Francisco, it wasn't as long. And they won five titles. Five, as compared to two. Favre and Rodgers. And now, they're trying to get rid of Rodgers as fast as they can. So here's what I think Aaron does. First and foremost, I think he plays great this year. Regardless. And then... Either he forces his way out then, or they figure out we've made a huge mistake and they rehitch their horse to his wagon. I don't see any way in the world Aaron just sits back and says, oh yeah, I'll play two more years and, and then you guys just do whatever you want and I'll go find someplace else to go. People like Aaron Rodgers control their own destiny. They control their own fate. Peyton Manning wasn't hanging around in Indianapolis When they were drafting Andrew Luck, that was never on the list of options. I don't see Aaron Rodgers hanging around and letting the Packers decide how his tenure in Green Bay will end. I think he takes control of that situation. And I, for one, look forward to seeing how he chooses to do it. 
I'm greeting with you Straight Talk Wireless as the full court cell phone coverage you need. Just 45 bucks a month gets you the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G for up to 50% less than the big carriers. Only at Walmart, savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. The best conversation we had on Get Up this morning was about a quarterback who was rated far higher than Rodgers on this survey, and that's Lamar Jackson, who's third. If you haven't seen it, the ESPN 100, there aren't a lot of huge surprises at the top. Patrick Mahomes is number one. Aaron Donald is number two. Lamar Jackson is number three. I have no argument with those or practically anything that was in the top ten. You could quibble, but I don't have a huge argument. But we did get into, based on that, a good discussion about Lamar Jackson, the way they use him in Baltimore, and whether that is something they will ultimately have to adjust. Greg Roman, who is the offensive coordinator, is keeping his cards close to the vest and not letting anybody know whether they will or will not be running as many designed run plays for Lamar Jackson as they did a year ago. And again, there's a big distinction between the quarterback tucking it and taking off, which most of the good ones do. Most of the athletic quarterbacks can do. Aaron Rodgers does it. Russell Wilson does it, etc. And guys like Lamar Jackson, one of the very few quarterbacks of recent vintage for whom they call all these designed runs. You watch that play. Those are running plays. They're 11 on 11 running plays. And ultimately, Lamar Jackson takes more hits than any quarterback in league history as a result of it. So the question is, do you have to run him less? And the answers were really interesting this morning. Marcus Spears went one way. Jeff Saturday went the other. We debated it a little bit. I'll tell you where I land on it coming up in a little while. We'll talk to Orlovsky. We'll see what he thinks of that. Because to me, that's an extremely important question. Can you win championships with Lamar Jackson playing the way he plays? Can Lamar Jackson sustain playing the way he plays? I'll give you a hint. I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan. If you saw the essay I did on Get Up a couple of weeks ago, you know where I stand on this. I'll tell you exactly how they should use him. We'll talk about that with Orlovsky. Timmy Legler will join me live next. We're just getting started all over the NBA playoffs. We will go. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guest, like Tim Legler, in a second on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. And a reminder, we got NBA playoff action for you tonight. Game 7, Jokic and the Nuggets taking on the Jazz. It's presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Back-to-back Game 7s. That we have out west, the question is, can any of the four teams involved in them make the Lakers or the Clippers sweat? I'll ask Legler that in a minute. He's just getting off SportsCenter, and then he'll join me here. Also have to figure out if this run with the Rockets comes to an end, and I'm told Legs is ready to go. Legs, thanks again. And let me just go right there. If this thing with the Rockets comes to what would be a very disappointing end tomorrow night, in your mind, 
taking into account his history of not being at his best in the playoffs and then watching what has happened in this series. How much of it do you think winds up being on Harden? Um, a lot. I, I think, look, I, I've been saying it um, probably ever since a couple years ago when he had that meltdown against San Antonio, when he failed to show up in a game that really could have decided that series and San Antonio was shorthanded. I said until he gets them all the way, and I mean talking about two-A finals, he's going to continue to deal with this every time his teams come up short in the postseason. So I think a lot of it's going to fall at his feet. He has to have a, a big-time performance. When you, dump, when you put your offense, Greeny, that much in one player's hands, the way that they do, it's unprecedented in NBA history, the way they operate their offense around one player well, then you need to come through with a huge performance when your team has to have it. Um, so it's going to fall in large part at his feet. And I think, obviously, with Mike D'Antoni not having a new contract, I think that would lead to a coaching change as well. So there's going to be some definite changes the way you look at everything, and there's no question Harden can't escape this if they don't win this game. Yeah, especially when you consider they traded Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook, and now that's the team and that's the player that could knock them out. One way or another, we will have a Game 7 tonight, Denver and Utah, and then a Game 7 tomorrow night with the Rockets and the Thunder. And my question to you is, can any of the four teams that are playing in these Game 7s make the Clippers or the Lakers sweat in a significant way in the next round? Yeah, honestly, I think probably all of them are good enough to do that. Um, I think the Lakers were so dominant in their round after they lost the first game, the way that they turned that around and the way their defense looked as suffocating and the length that they presented. Uh, they look to me to be probably the most sure bet right now. The Clippers got stronger as their series went on. I still think the Lakers were more impressive. So the Clippers, I think, have a little bit of ground to make up on the Lakers. But I think Houston and Oklahoma City, both of those teams, uh, could throw a scare into them. But, I, look, we all know where this is headed. It's going to be Clippers-Lakers in the conference finals. I think all of us expected that going into the season, and we're going to get that. I think in the, in, the, in the other conference, I think it's a little bit more interesting, I think, because I think Miami has a legitimate shot um, you know, to win that series. Um, and I think, obviously, you're looking at a team like Boston right now that looks like they're peaking in Toronto, I think has a lot, um, a lot more that they can show you that they did in game one. So that series is headed for a long one. I think Denver, Utah. Uh, I thought the um, Utah Jazz had this one completely under control, and now I realize that if the Utah Jazz don't do something different against Jamal Murray, they are going to be going home. And now Denver will have a lot of confidence going into their next round So against the Clippers. So I, th- I, think, I think it's still a lot more basketball to be played before we can just go ahead and, and pencil in who's in the finals, Greeny. I think there's a lot more, especially in the West. Greeny and Legs with you here on ESPN Radio. That said, the Bucks have been the best team in the sport now for two consecutive seasons. They had a very disappointing exit a year ago. They got handled last night. That fourth quarter, they're, they're, everything that we think, all of us who don't believe in them could look at last night's fourth quarter and say, that's exactly why. They'll tell you, and they did last night, well, we lost game one to Orlando. We've lost game ones before and bounced back and looked good. How much trouble is Giannis in right now, Legs? They're big-time trouble, and I heard that sound as well, and I had to laugh a little bit about it. It's, it's like trying to convince yourself, right, that you're not in trouble by saying, hey, we, we've done this before. This is different. I think, for one thing, the Heat are a little bit of a different animal. Um, and this is a team I knew was going to be so well-prepared to play against him. The problem is, and it was a year ago, it reared itself in the Toronto series. It hasn't really been addressed. Giannis Antetokounmpo has limitations, and – the problem is he puts pressure on himself as an MVP to try to solve their problems when they need a big basket. 
And he has holes in his game that don't allow him to do it the way other star wings do or point guards do that can go anywhere with their handle, that can shoot from anywhere on the floor. Giannis can't. He's got to get to certain places on the floor to be successful. And so when you want him to initiate your offense in a tight game, in a one-possession game late, and he's bringing the ball up the floor, I don't think those possessions are going to end well. And it didn't in the Toronto series. He couldn't really figure out how to play with all those bodies in the paint. He's not going to beat you with his passing. Um, and he is different than some of these other guys at close games. You saw it in Jimmy Butler last night. He hit a three, a turnaround jumper in the post, two pull-up jumpers. He gets to the rim. He makes his free throws. Giannis, four for 12 for the line. He's a straight-line dribble-drive guy. He's not going to escape defenses with a clever handle. He can't go out beyond the defenses. So they don't have that guy on their roster. And if these games are tight, which I think they will be, it is a massive problem for the Milwaukee Bucks. I do have a solution, though, and I don't yeah. know if they'll do it. I think they're better, and they do it sometimes, but late in the game. Use him as a screen dive guy. You, you put him in the post. Put him in different places on the floor where he's more comfortable catching the ball going toward the rim or catching the ball closer to the basket with a live dribble rather than bringing the ball up the floor or isolating from the top of the key. Because I think he has a very difficult time getting to the rim in those situations. He gets frustrated. He commits turnovers. Or he settles for a three the way he did last night in a one-point game when he took a three with 14 seconds on the shot clock. It plays into the hands of the Miami Heat. I think the Bucks are in, are in big trouble. I picked Heat to win the series, and I didn't see anything last night that makes me think anything different. No, I'm with you. But to do it the way you want to do it, and I don't disagree with you, you need someone else to want to take a big shot in that spot, or you need the, them to want someone else to take that shot. Do they have that guy? Well, here's what I think. I think if you put him in situations where, say, you, you run, a, you run a, a two-man game or a high ball screen with a guy like George Hill, if Eric Bledsoe's playing, he didn't play in the first game, and now you dive him, and he catches the ball in the middle of the, of the paint on a dive, the way that people are going to converge on the paint, his passing angles are much better, and it's not going to be off the dribble. He can find one of those role-playing three-point shooters, even a guy like Chris Middleton. You know, you're, you're going to have a Dante DiVincenzo, a Kyle Korver, maybe it's a George Hill, whoever it may be, Brooke Lopez. You have guys that can make shots if it's presented to them in that way. When you're asking Giannis to make that pass off the dribble, coming at you with a head of steam, the ball could be at somebody's feet. It could be behind you. It's not going to be accurate. Um, He is, first of all, going to press and want to get a shot up, which isn't going to be a great shot. If you put him in the post, I think he can catch it, turn, look, see where the double team is coming from. And his passing angles will be sharper and crisper. And I do think they've got guys that can make shots. Um, to help him in that situation, but that's not the way they operate. He wants to ISO. He wants to, to go. He wants to answer this. This is what you guys need from me. I'm going to answer it right now. And he gets out of his element offensively in a half-court situation. It's a real problem for them. You know, Greedy, one of the things that they face in the regular season is they blow teams out. They, they're up all the time in the fourth quarter of these games. Their point differentiation is off the charts. Giannis sits the fourth quarter of a lot of games. Do you see this rear itself when they're in these kinds of games and teams are adjusting to him specifically game to game? So Toronto did effectively. I saw the Heat do it, and they're, both of those teams have something in common. They're exceptionally well coached. They're going to make their teams commit to guarding him a certain way, and Giannis is not comfortable yet, or, and who knows if he ever will be, in answering that type of defense because of the limitations in his own game offensively. It's a real dilemma for the Bucs, and I think they're going to find themselves in it repeatedly. 
I agree. I agree. And Spolstra, we've largely forgotten about him since LeBron left, but Spolstra with Pat Riley in his ear is as good as it gets. Legler, thank you, my man. Great to see you this morning. Good to have you here. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Greedy. That's Timmy Legs on the Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Again, on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. Penzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas. Gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Penzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Coming up, Dan Olofsky will join me next to answer the NFL's biggest quarterback question. That's next. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, back with you, ESPN Radio and ESPN News, NFL Live this afternoon, 4 Eastern on ESPN. You will see Dan Orlovsky and company there, and Dan is with me for a couple of minutes here. Hello, Danny. Greeny, good morning, or good afternoon. How are you, bud? Yes, we're accustomed to good morning, but uh, <laughs> we're all getting used to this. Okay, who's the Bears quarterback going to be, and who should it be? Yeah, I think this is an easy decision. It's Mitchell Trubisky. Um, who should it be, Mitchell Trubisky? You know, here's, listen, Nick Foles has done a, a lot of really good things in the NFL. But we're looking at Nick Foles to like, like this vision that he's always going to be the guy that quarterback that Super Bowl run. I love Nick Foles. He hasn't thrown for more than seven touchdowns in a single season since 2013. More than seven in one season since 2013, Greeny. And he's a very similar type of player, right? Him, Norm, Mitchell Trubisky are going to turn the football over. They're not going to go light up the scoreboard either. And so – you know, Mitchell Trubisky needs to be the guy for the Bears, and he needs to take steps forward. You and I have had a ton of conversations. There's two things for me that I look at where, that are going to be necessary for him to play the right way or the way that they need him to play. One, Matt Nagy needs to look at him through the same lens that Greg Roman and the Ravens look at Lamar Jackson through, where they go, all right, he's, he's good at this stuff, but he's really, really, really good at this stuff. And I'm not saying they're the same players, but use them – with their strength the same way. Two years ago when he went to the Pro Bowl, Trubisky had like 70 carries. He averaged 6.2 yards per carry. Last year he has like 30 carries. He averaged two yards per carry. So they got to utilize his athleticism more. And then I will say this. It will not matter for Mitch Trubisky if he's the week one starter if he does not fix his mechanics. His mechanics stink. His mechanics are like a high school quarterback's. 
And so if I am John DeFilippo as quarterback coach, it is the number one thing I, I look at and I focus every single day with Trubisky. Stop worrying about the X's and O's and can I throw deep to my left. We have to fix the bottom half of his body and his mechanics or who, whether he starts week one or not won't matter. See, that's the reason you need to listen to Orlovsky, because you're as good at this stuff as anybody. The other thing I would say about him is the guy that he should be watching, they should be watching, is Josh Allen. They have built an offense around what Josh Allen does well, and they try to diminish the things that he doesn't do as well. But you've got an Andy Reid disciple coaching the Bears, and that's not the offense he wants to run. And so if you're trying to do that, then you have a square peg in a round hole, and it's just destined not to work. If, they, they should, if they're going to run the offense that he runs, he has a chance. If they're going to run the offense the coach wants to run, then he doesn't really have any chance. That's a great point, and it's a, you know, probably the crux of a ton of coaches really at any level, but certainly in the NFL is, is you look at the coach and go, okay, the coach has learned this scheme – and he knows this scheme really well, and he's watched this scheme be really good, right? He's, he, he, he checks his memory box. He goes, I've seen these plays run so many times, and they've worked really well, and it'll work here. And you go, but you know what? We don't have Alex Smith. Or you know what? We don't have that same receiver. We don't have the same offensive line. And so Matt Nagy, and I said this last year, I'm, I'm critical of coaches often because I know what it's like to be the guy that sits there and listens to the coaches talk about the players and I go no that that's not the player and so Matt Nagy has to look at it and go okay um you know oftentimes calling plays and playing quarterback is about survival in the NFL what is the best way for us to survive and he's in survival mode and he's got to look at Trubisky and go you know what uh I can't do the the efficient and accuracy and timing pass game that I saw Alex Smith be so good with because that's not Mitchell Trubisky's strength it's actually his weakness but he's a really good runner. We got to get him on the move. We got to fix his mechanics. If he does that, Trubisky has a chance. If he doesn't, Greeny, Nick Foles will be playing by week four. Greeny and Orlovsky with you on ESPN Radio. Thought of you this morning. Your name came up on Get Up this morning mm-hmm. uh, with ESPN putting together their top hour, top 100 NFL players, and Dak Prescott being about 20 spots ahead of Carson Wentz. Your friend Graziano brought you up saying, I really would love to see Dan Orlovsky's reaction to this. What is your reaction? Yeah, I texted Graziano, I will fight you. Um, <laughs> I, I, for some reason, I just I see these players in, in, very differently than everybody else. Um, I, it's been well documented what Carson Wentz accomplished last year. And I would say this, Carson Wentz has done two things in his career that Dak Prescott has not. Carson Wentz was a runaway MVP runaway MVP. Dak Prescott has never done that. And Dak Prescott has never taken his team to the playoffs with the same capacity of challenges that Carson Wentz did last year. I understand the division wasn't great, all that stuff. It still happened. And, and so when I look at like, it's not necessarily like the quarterback wins. I don't really pay attention to, I just want to watch the player and I go, can that player do more than that player? Yes. Carson Wentz to Dak Prescott has that player done more than that player, yes. Has he accomplished greater ceilings or greater heights than that player has? Yes. And so right now, one of those guys has been a better player. It's Carson Wentz. Dak Prescott is still a good player. But I, don't, I can't even put them in the same conversation right now because I know this. If you switch the players, just the players, if Carson Wentz is in Dallas and Dak Prescott is in Philly, 
I guarantee you Dallas in the last four years would have been to an NFC championship game. At least. Guarantee you. I can't say that in Philly. That's a really interesting way to look at it. The contracts, too, are an interesting way to look at it. One more for you, Dan. I missed you this morning on this conversation as well about Lamar Jackson. The, the, we had got a, a pretty good debate going among Saturday and Marcus and, and, and some others about whether or not Baltimore needs to run fewer designed run plays for Lamar Jackson based on two things. One, getting him hit less. Two, putting him in a position where he can develop his game to something that traditionally has worked better in the postseason than at least he has through the first two. I'm not necessarily giving my opinion on that, but those were the two topics of conversation. Do you believe they need to call fewer designed run plays for Lamar Jackson in Baltimore this year? Absolutely not. I would never have told Mike Tyson go into the ring and throw less uppercuts. I mean, that is his, <laughs> his strength. It's his knockout punch. It's his power. It's what makes him special. And so why would I ever ask him to do that less? Now, listen, there's going to be games, Greeny, where they're going to look at the opponent and go, okay, you know, the quarterback run does not suit us well because of the style of defense that they have or the people that they have, and they're just going to handle teams. And so they'll get into the late second quarter, early third quarter, be in control of the football game and go, okay, we don't need to press, press this so much running Lamar. But then there's going to be games where they go, our quarterback run is our best opportunity, especially situationally, or you're in the fourth quarter and you're trying to grind out a game. You put the ball in your best player's hands. And so it's a fine line they have to uh, – you, you don't want to ignore it, but it's a fine line beca- between going, okay, this is what allows him to play best, which allows our offense to play best, which allows us to win football games, but also, yeah, having you know, kind of that long-term vision. But absolutely not – like, that, that's like telling, uh, you know, that's like telling like Tom Brady, hey, man, you can't throw, you can't throw timing routes. Like why? Because it's what he does best, and so I totally would say you got to let the Ravens be the Ravens. Let Lamar be Lamar. He's shown to be relatively smart about taking those big hits, but heck no, I'm going to let him do what he does best. I agree, Dan Orlovsky today, four Eastern on NFL Live, and I'll see you tomorrow morning on Get Up. Thank you, Danny. Thanks for you're the best, bud. Orlovsky with me here on ESPN Radio. Don't forget to listen to ESPN Audio at home. Using your smart speaker, ESPN Audio at Home, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Driver Mercedes-Benz Van, find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. Coming up next, I will take some calls from you. I'm going to throw them open here. Nuno doesn't know this yet, but I'm looking at what's coming up here. Let's throw the phones open and find out what's on your mind. 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. Call me at 888-SAY-ESPN. We'll give that a shot next. I'll also tell you how I heard the most interesting 161 seconds of the NFL offseason this morning. And I'll tell you what that was next. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Greeny with you, carrying on on ESPN Radio and on your TV on ESPN News. Buster Olmey and join me in my second hour here. Your call's coming up in a second, 888-SAY-ESPN. But I did want to mention quickly that I heard what I think were the most interesting 161 seconds of the NFL offseason. I will make those straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. They were Bill Belichick in an interview on Sirius XM's NFL Radio, gushing nonstop for two minutes and 41 seconds about how competitive Cam Newton is. And all I could think to myself was, if somewhere right now Tom Brady is in his car and he's listening to this, I would give anything to see the look on his face. To see the look on Brady's face as Bill Belichick gushes, and I mean gushes. I don't think Bill Belichick spent two minutes and 41 seconds praising Tom Brady in the 20 years they were together. He spent two minutes and 41 seconds gushing about Cam Newton's competitiveness. And I have been around Belichick enough to know he doesn't do anything by accident. So something's going on there. Marcus Spears this morning on Get Up interpreted it as, as, as simple as those guys just don't like each other. Bill and Brady dislike each other more than they let on. I don't know if I believe that or not. I think it may be more calculated by Belichick because he thinks that's the best way to coach Cam. He knows he needs Cam to play big this year, and I believe he will. One way or another, I would give anything to have been a fly on the wall of the car if Brady was in the car listening to Sirius XM and hearing that conversation and hearing Bill two minutes and 41 seconds without taking a breath praising Cam Newton. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. All right, I want to try something here. Um, you know, we've been doing this show now two and a half weeks, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, it's like when you move into a new house. You have to figure out where all the furniture is going to go. We will eventually get it all the right places. But I want to figure out ways that we can talk to each other as opposed to me sitting here talking to you all day. And so the best way to do it is this. We'll try something called What's on Your Mind. We have a few folks standing by at 888-SAY-ESPN, and let's see how it goes. Kevin? You're first up on ESPN Radio. What's on your mind? Well, first of all, honored to finally speak with you. I've been listening to you guys for 20 years. Um, what you guys don't understand is when we have a bad day, we can get in our car, and you guys are on the radio, and you take our mind off that stuff. So thank you for that. Well, thank you. Uh, two questions. Um, and Trubisky, will he ever be a top 10? And second, if that's not the case, then what are we doing with him behind the center? Well, I mean, you've got, if, if you're talking about the Bears, they have Nick Foles ready to go. And I, I still think it's better than 50-50 that Foles is the starter a week from Sunday. Is Trubisky going to be top 10 for crying out loud? He may never start another game in the NFL if he doesn't win this job in, in training camp. And look, I'm not giving up on Trubisky. I think that Trubisky has had one unfortunate circumstance. And that is Matt Nagy is a guy who has grown up his entire life in pro football envisioning what his offense would look like the day he finally got a chance to be a head coach. And what he pictures it looking like is not what Mitch Trubisky does. It is the square peg in the round hole. And so Trubisky needs to play like the guy in Buffalo is playing, like Josh Allen plays. Run around back there, make a play. But don't try and hit your back foot and get the ball out of there immediately the way Andy Reid quarterbacks do, the way Matt Nagy wants his quarterbacks doing, because Trubisky obviously can't do it. He certainly can't do it now. So is he ever going to be top 10? Let's let's walk before we can run. Is he even going to be the starting quarterback a week and a half from now? I think is a better question. Uh, Let me see here. Who is next? Um, Matt. Matt, you're uh, on ESPN Radio. What's on your mind? 
And Grady, a huge fan. My morning uh, for the past 20 years has started the same way with you on my TV and or radio. So thank you for uh, thank you. bringing all the joy to us. Um, Dallas Cowboys come to you and say you can have Dak Prescott tomorrow or you keep Sam Darnold. Who do you think is the quarterback of the future for the Jets? Um, now, I, I don't know if you're bringing this up because I said it last year, but I, I did say I got, I got summarily mocked for saying last year after the Jets beat the Cowboys, week four, I think it was, that if I were starting a team, I would take Darnold over Dak. And then, of course, the Jets went out and immediately lost, I think, their next three or four games, and, and Darnold did not look good at all. Included in there was the, the game in which you said he was seeing ghosts against New England. I'm a big fan of Dak, and I, I think Dak, I, I did two events with him um, after last season, so I got to know him a little. He's everything you want a quarterback to be. I think he's a terrific young man, and I think he's going to be a terrific player. I'm thrilled that he got the money that he's gotten, and I think eventually he will be the highest paid player in the NFL. But honestly, and I know this is my heart speaking, but I think it's my head too. If you just took everything else out of the equation, I would take Darnold. I think Darnold is freakishly talented. I've been watching football all my life. Darnold has freakish gifts. I'm very afraid that my team, the Jets, are ruining him. More great young quarterbacks are ruined than are developed. I believe they're ruining him. Now, Dak Prescott has so over achieved relative to expectation it's unbelievable and I'll be the first to admit watching him in Mississippi State at no point did I think to myself oh yeah that guy is going to be an NFL starting quarterback someday going to be the highest paid quarterback in the sport I didn't think it and frankly neither did anybody else got drafted in the fourth round Romo gets hurt in goes Dak plays unbelievably well his rookie year was unbelievable he has been sensational and so you can't go wrong but he's in a much better team, much better team than Darnold is. Look at the talent around Dak. And, and, and as, as heavily criticized as Jason Garrett was over the course of time, I still think that from an offensive standpoint, he is at minimum the equal of Adam Gase. And, and, and probably that's being insulting to Garrett. So my gut feeling is um, that Prescott is going to have a much better career because I think that I'm very worried, very worried that the Jets are in the process of ruining Sam Darnold. But in a vacuum, if you were to give me both of them just as, as lumps of clay that you could just mold from scratch, I would take Darnold. And I would take him over most quarterbacks in the National Football League. He's not Mahomes. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not, I mean, it's totally different from a guy like Lamar. But he's really good, and he could be. What's on Your Mind is brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. We'll do that again. We'll do that regularly, and we'll figure out ways to do it uh, because I think it's important that we get a chance to chat. I look forward to doing that. But up next, did someone win the World Series yesterday? That answer, next. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.